Hello, welcome or welcome back to the Faith Talks podcast. I am so excited and so blessed to have you here. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Deborah and I'm a faith-based content creator. I make content sharing all about my relationship with God to encourage you in your relationship with him. And that is exactly what Faith Talks is about. It's me sitting down and sharing things with you that the Holy Spirit has placed on my heart to encourage you on your journey with God, to strengthen you and to remind you of the truth. In a world that's filled with lies, we need the truth louder. We need the truth, the word of God to drown out all the lies that we are faced with every single day. So that is what Faith Talks is about. And with that being said, let's jump into this week's episode. This week, I want to sit down and I want to speak about a question. I want to ask you a question and I want to talk about everything that revolves around this question. And that is that I want to ask you how do you see yourself? And this can be quite a deep question. This can be a very painful question, but let's address it today. Let's address it in the safe space that we've got here. How do you see yourself? What is the image that you have of yourself? And the reason that I want to speak about this and ask you this question is because the way that we walk through life is directly affected by the way that we answer this question. The way that you see yourself directly impacts the decisions that you make, the opportunities that you're willing to take. It affects your relationships. It affects the people that you have relationships with. All of these things are affected by the way that you see yourself. I think that so many of us live unfulfilled lives and go through painful situations because of the way that we see ourselves. So let's talk about this today. And I want to start off by sharing a bit about my past and things in my past that have really affected the way that I saw myself and sometimes still see myself. I got bullied a lot, a lot in school, not just like some mean girls whispering, but like I got bullied over a span of years. It started in secondary school. I'm trying to see what the names are because in the UK and in the Netherlands, the school systems are different and it's probably going to be different from America as well. But I think I must have been around 10 to 16, something like that. In those years, oh boy, did I get bullied a lot. Constantly made fun of, being whispered about, things were always thrown to my head. <laughs> not, now saying these things, it's not funny because it's really sad. And looking back at it, I'm like, wow, praise the Lord for bringing me through that. But yeah, there was always something going on. And then I remember it got so bad that my mom moved me to a different school, but there I got bullied as well. And then I moved to another school and I got bullied as well. Like I moved to a lot of different schools um, because I got bullied and my mom didn't know how to handle it. It never stopped. In those years where you're really developing your self-image, I got bullied all the way through that. So that resulted in my self-image being affected by this bullying a lot. And I didn't realize that until I started going to university when I was 19. And I had a lot of stage fright because I studied music. So part of my course was to perform in front of my classmates and things like that. And as an artist, that's something that, you know, you need to be equipped with. And I've always wanted to be an artist, but... Yeah, I dealt with a lot of stage fright and anxiety, and that is because of my self-image. I did not realize that that was the root of the problem until I went to see a school psychologist. I had a few sessions with him, and the bullying came up and all of these things. And I remember one time he said to me, he was like, you know what I'm noticing? 
He's like, you're, you walk around these halls at my university. He's like, you're so tall. I'm five foot 11. He's like, you're really tall. You have this beautiful hair. Like you stand out in a good way. That's the way other people see you, but you don't see yourself like that at all. You see yourself as the complete opposite as like someone small, timid, hidden away. There's a disconnect right there. And that's what made me realize like, wow, I really have a twisted image of myself. And to touch on that, it's not that we should attach our self-image to our appearance. You know, he was mentioning things about my appearance that other people notice, but that is not what we should attach our self-image to either because our appearance is going to change over time. We are aging, our bodies are going to look different, so we shouldn't attach our self-image to that either. But just him saying that was like, whoa, I see myself through the lens of my bullies. And looking back, I can see how it affected me in so many different ways. Like the stage fright. I was basically constantly afraid that people were whispering about me, that people were speaking about me. And again, this is something that I realized when I think there was an instance at university when a bunch of girls were laughing behind me. And I thought they were laughing about me when they were just on their phone doing something. I don't know. They were not looking at me at all. But just that anxiety of like, people are whispering about me, people are saying this, people are saying that, because the bullies in school would always whisper a little too loud, and I would always hear that they were whispering about me, about the way I looked, what I was dressed in, um, I didn't have money for designer clothes, like, there was always something, and I was expecting it, I was expecting it, I was seeing myself as that person that they bullied me into becoming, and with this I want to ask you, how do you see yourself, and why do you see yourself the way that you see yourself, like did you also experience bullying, was it your parents who spoke certain things over you that you've now taken on as who you are, was it friends, was it family, like who in your life have you allowed to shape the image of yourself, and when you look in the mirror, who do you see, do you see someone who's standing confident, uh, somebody who's called by their heavenly father or do you also see yourself as someone timid as less than as the tail and not the head even though the bible tells us otherwise how do you see yourself and if your answer is similar to mine then how do we navigate through this how what do we attach our self-image to where do we look as a source for who we are and I think you already know the answer that I'm going to give you our self-image who we are is found in God just like our validation which is something that I've spoken about before our self-image who we are the core of who we are is found with our heavenly father our maker we are the clay we're the pots he's our potter he's the one who's created us so in order to get a healthy self-image we have to start seeing ourselves through the lens of God as who he sees us as. And I'm not going to sit here and say that this is easy, that this is an easy journey, that, you know, once we walk with the Lord, all of a sudden, bam, yeah, now we see ourselves as who we are. We're confident. It's this, it's that. No, it's a journey of unlearning everything that other people have placed on us and rewiring our brain. We have to rewire our thinking. I've mentioned 
this uh, comparison of like, because I'm a very visual person, so I kind of envision things when I say things like this to myself, but we have to rewire our thinking in a way of like, when you have a field full of really high grass and nobody's walked through it before and you have to get to the other side, you have to create new paths. You have to keep going over that grass until all the grass is flat and there's a dearthed path. You have to create new paths in your thinking. And that goes for who we are as well, the image as to whom we see ourselves. In order to create a good and steady self-image, we have to look to God because God is the only factor in this world, in our lives, that's never going to change. If we attach our self-image to what people say about us, that's going to change all the time. People are very fickle. You might get a lot of positive words from people. That's great. But people's opinions of you are based on appearance. They're based on very shallow things. And people's opinions change all the time. I've also said this before. Like we cancel people whenever we want to. One second we like this person, then we don't. We're all over the place. You cannot attach your self-image to other people. Their words, their version of us is not who we are. We don't have to take on that identity. And again, that's hard when you've heard things over and over for years and years and years. These are now roads in your mind, but you have to stop walking over them so the grass can grow back there and create new paths. But yes, to get a good self-image, um, to get a good answer to that question of how do you see yourself, we have to look to God. We have to look to his word, to God's word, which so many of us dread reading, let's be honest. And it's not always easy to stay consistent in reading the Bible, but you have to know that reading the Bible is a core part of you rewiring your brain and seeing yourself the way that God sees you, because this is God's word. Everything that's said in here is what God is speaking over your life. So how are you going to know that if you don't read it? In this video, I just want to touch on a few points, a few things that I want to tell you as to how God sees you and how you can start seeing yourself. And number one, something that I've been meditating on this week, so something that I've been repeating over and over again is basically I come across this song by Madison Ryan Ward. She's such an amazing singer. And it's a song called Light, Time Has Come. And in that song, she has a lyric where she says, you're a city on a hill. And that line, that lyric is based off of Matthew 5 verse 14, where it reads, you are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Again, me being a visual person, that right there spoke to me so much. Being a town on a hill, being a city on a hill, because the way I see it, right? Close your eyes right now and let's imagine this. You're in a valley and everything is dark around you. There's dark mountains. You know when mountains are in the dark, all you can see is these shadows, right? These dark figures. And then all of a sudden in the distance, you can see a city on a hill. You can see light radiating from it. I don't know about you, but to me that speaks confidence. It's like one city by itself, on a hill when everything around is dark but there's one city it speaks powerhouse it speaks confidence it speaks security and that right there is what God says about you you us as his chosen people as his sons or his daughters we are a city on a hill you are a city on a hill and maybe you don't feel that way right now but this is where you have to start rewiring your brain the word of God is the truth that is just the fact. That is just the way it is. So if God says you are a city on a hill as his chosen people, as his chosen son or daughter, then 
you better start rewiring your brain around that because that is who you are called to be. That is how God sees you. A city, a fortified city with walls, confident, strong, secure, because you are with God. So I want to tell you that first. You are a city on a hill. Meditate on that. Write it down somewhere. Repeat it over to yourself this week. No matter what happens, no no matter what you face, I am a city on a hill. I am God's chosen son or daughter. And he says, I'm a city on a hill. So that is what I am. My dad knows the truth. And that is the truth right there. And the second thing that I want to tell you, and this is a core thing that we have to know in our souls as people of faith, is that God sees you right now as he sees Jesus. Jesus is righteous. Jesus is blameless. Jesus is holy. God sees you as Jesus is because of what Jesus has done on the cross for you. So you can take on that identity. You are righteous. You are chosen before God. You have to learn to walk in that identity because otherwise, quite bluntly said, Jesus went on the cross for nothing. And I've mentioned this in videos before. When we sit in shame and guilt over our past and over mistakes that we've made, we're basically saying to Jesus, Lord, it's great what you've done, but I want to pay my own price for my own sins. Jesus did what he did. Jesus faced something horrible so that you are now right before God. You don't have to look at yourself through the lens of your past. You are not your past, no matter what you've done. I've also done a lot of things that I'm not proud of at all, but that is in the past. I don't look at that. God says he remembers our former sins no more. He could, because he is God, of course, he can remember it, but he chooses not to. He says, "Uh uh-uh, I won't look at that because I love you so much. I love you too much. Look at your past. I want you. I desire you. God sees you in the way that he sees Jesus, not through the lens of your past. So I want to say that as well. If you answer that question of how do you see yourself with something related to your past, then Throw that answer out the window right now because you are not your past in Jesus' mighty name. Whatever has happened is behind you. God said to the adulterous woman, where are your prosecutors? They're not here, so go, sin no more. Repent and sin no more, aka leave that life behind and walk in your fullness with Jesus. Walk with your heavenly father. He has called you. You are not your past, absolutely not. You are chosen. You, you as a son or daughter of the king of the universe, the creator of everything we see here has chosen you. He has chosen you. He loves you. You're a chosen one. You're a loved one. You are set aside, set apart. You are a city on a hill. And I want to read to you Isaiah 43 verse 4. There it reads, since you are precious and honored in my sight, precious and honored, And because I love you, I will give people in exchange for you, nations in exchange for your life. I love this verse so much because giving people in exchange for you, giving nations in exchange for your life, I mean, if that doesn't show how much God loves you, then I don't know. But that first, that first sentence, since you are precious and honored in my sight, you're precious. Not a lot of things in this world are precious, okay? But you are precious and honored. And for the last way that we see ourselves versus how God sees us, I want to go to 1 Samuel 16, verse 6 to 7. And I've mentioned these Bible verses in last week's Faith Talks episode when I spoke about God who qualifies us and not who us who qualify ourselves. When we're not qualified, God qualifies us. But in verse 6, it reads, When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. So this is when 
Samuel is looking at all these men because God has told Samuel that he will anoint a king. And Samuel is going through the road, going through these boys lined up. And he's like, aha, this one looks physically strong. He, his appearance looks good. Like surely this is the one. But then in verse seven, it says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. I touched on this briefly when I mentioned that my counselor at university told me, yeah, but your appearance, you're so tall, you're so this, you're so that. He meant well with that and I see where he was trying to go because my self-image was completely different from how other people saw me, but also the way that we see ourselves should not be based on our outward appearance. Like I said, our appearance changes all the time. In one country, you're going to be the ideal type of person and confident in the next country, you're going to be looked down upon. Like it's not a reliable factor to place how you see yourself on your outward appearance. Beauty is from the inside. God looks at the heart and aren't the most beautiful people, the people who are patient, who are kind, who have the fruit of the spirit who show the fruits of the spirit they have a certain peace about them they are confident in who god has called them to be aren't those the people that we want to become like i hope so i know i want to become like that i want to become more confident i want to stand for the lord and have that peace that surpasses all understanding about me i want to have that so i want to tell you whether you get good attention for your appearance or bad attention don't attach who you are and how you see yourself to that because it is not reliable that's going to change all the time. God does not look at your appearance. Mm -mm. God says, I look at your heart. What's going on in here? You can have very beautiful people who are very ugly on the inside and they're not nice to be around. So, you know, we don't want to be like that. We want to be people who carry the fruits of the spirit. And again, you can't please people with appearance, with who you are, you're always going to upset someone. It's like not everybody likes strawberries. Strawberries are tasty. They're beautiful to me, but to somebody else, they might be, no, thank you. I don't want those strawberries. We're never, we're never going to please everyone. And if you base your self-image on trying to please everyone, you're going to have an extremely, extremely, extremely hard time. You're not going to be able to walk into everything that God has called you to be because God calls us into places where people won't like us because of what he's calling us to do. We live for an audience of one. Like, why are we trying to please other people all the time anyways? They are not the ones who have created us. They are not the ones who place a calling on our lives. Not at all. And again, I know these things are easier said than done. This is a journey we have to walk through with the Lord. Years of hearing who you are is not going to be undone like this. I mean, it might happen. God is the God of miracles. Let's not, not shut that out. But usually it's a journey. It's a walk because within that healing process, we learn so much. We learn so much. I'm sure that God could undo a lot of damage like this, but he wants us to learn along the way. He wants to take us by the hand and walk through that journey of healing because even though it can be a very painful one, it's a necessary one. It's one on which we learn so, so much. So my prayer this week is that we will all start to see ourselves the way that God sees us as a city on a hill, confident, called, chosen, loved, 
loved. When you meditate on God's love and when you start to realize how much God loves you, you can walk in that freedom. God loves me so much so nobody can tell me nothing because I am loved by the creator of the universe. So yes, I am praying for you to be able to start walking in who God has called you to be in who God sees you as because that's the only image of you that matters. May you see yourself through the eyes of God in Jesus' mighty name. I am so blessed to have you here. I pray that this has been a blessing to you and I will be back again very soon with another episode. I am slowly but surely uploading all the Faith Talks episodes from YouTube onto the podcast. So please bear with me as they're slowly going to be trickling in. I don't really have a schedule for it yet. So just keep an eye out. But on Wednesday, so in two days, I'll be uploading another episode and then probably again towards the end of the week. So keep an eye out on that. I pray that you will have a very blessed week and I'll be back very, very soon. But maybe this time that's what I get.